Blog Talk Radio. show ever 
and uh, she's nervous and excited at the same time. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, by the end of the show, when she realizes that I'm a nice guy, uh, we can uh, get her so, to uh, drop the, uh, drop the um, um, restraining order. Uh, so we'll add another one. So Alexa Bliss, is, uh, Alexa Bliss is still hurt, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sure is. I, I kind of want to see her back in the ring again. Is, is there any time frame on her return? I think she's going to be out for a couple months, I think. Was it again concussions, right? Right, right, yep. Oh, boy. I, I'm, I'm learning myself concussions are not fun, folks. They are not. Oh, they are unforgiving. Are you, and are you still dealing with um, symptoms from that accident? I sure am. Oh, boy. What do you got going on from that? Like, what's some of the lingering effects in that? Uh, headaches all the time. Uh, no sleep. Uh, just, uh, just, um, not, uh, it's not a good thing, guys. Uh, I'm getting yeah, you got, like, any, like, pain, uh, like, any pain in any places or anything? Or? My back and head, yep. Nothing that's going to require surgery, though, right? I uh, hope not. You know, it all, oh, it all depends, though. Like I say, the icon is a fighter. He's getting through his depression, getting through everything that he needs. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, get it, uh, we'll get it taken care of as we go, you know? And damn. Well, that's good. We, we hope him, uh, wish him the best. And uh, I hope Granny's still recovering from the Shock of last night. I'm so sick will, of the Patriots. I, I will. I will always be a Chiefs fan, no matter what, win or lose. I will always support my Chiefs. I mean, I was really hoping that when we tied that up, you know, and I thought, okay, it's going to go to overtime. And of course, we didn't get the coin toss, and that was depressing. But one of the things that irritated me more than anything else was that repping the passer call that they called in Kansas City when the Chiefs guy just oh, oh he had him in the chest. Oh, he had yeah. he had his hand on his chest, and that was it. And I he didn't pull him down. He didn't do nothing. He just touched his chest, it wasn't, it and wasn't they called and they and, and they called roughing the passer. But that one New England Patriot guy that basically speared Mahomes after he threw the ball. And they still made the first down, but they didn't call roughing the passer on them. I mean, you know. The Patriots always get the calls. The Patriots get get what they want because of Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. That's what pisses me off. But, you know, I'll tell you what, there's something else that pisses me off, too. Uh, The the game before, the Saints game, when everybody's talking about. The Rams. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the uh, pass interference called an old call. Well, let me tell you, you saint son of a bitches, you fucked the Vikings in 2009, and you deserve everything <laughs> that you get. Oh, you're still mad about uh, Bounty Gate, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, just from what I've just from what I've seen on social media since yesterday. A lot of people are boycotting the Super Bowl. They're not even going to watch it because 
there were so many bad calls made in both games. You know, I, I, I don't know why the NFL had to change the ruling that if you go into overtime, the first team that scores wins the game. What happens with playing one full quarter like they used to? I mean, you know, that way it gives both teams an ample chance to try to win, you know. I I mean, and it, it, it was kind of funny. Somebody posted on social media, I believe it was today that I saw, um, did anybody see the coin? You know, somebody said, could it have been a two-headed coin? <laughs> you know what I mean? There well, are no, two-headed no, coins out there, people. Well, well, the, the, <laughs> you know? the, the, the Chiefs' defense has been, you know, I, I, I guess uh, uh, porous, to say the least, all season long. And, um, you know, well, obviously we know injuries. their offense. They, They've well, had yeah. injuries, well, and you know they're talking about they're talking about I guess maybe I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be getting rid of the person that you know the defensive coordinator whoever that guy is and I can't remember his name right now Sutton I think his name is but I mean they did hold the Patriots to fourteen points you know yeah Bob Sutton half. yeah I mean you know. And well, there were several times they, where they, they there were several times where they kept well, there were several times that they stopped them from scoring another touchdown. I mean, it could have been twenty eight to nothing going into halftime. So oh, it could you know, have been. I admire yeah, yeah. I admire my Chiefs for, for you know and yes, everybody's blaming Ford for lining up offsides when, when we had the interception, you know, everybody's blaming him for that. You know, yep. okay, guys. Well, that, I mean, that, it's water. That cost it, them it the game, water. essentially. Is, that, that, interception, that interception would have won the game. <laughs> well, we would have, yeah, we would have won the game. I mean, you know, we wouldn't have had to gone into overtime. Okay, you know, things happen. I mean, oh, yeah. but, I mean, it's sad. I mean, yes, I would have loved to have seen my Chiefs made it get to the Super Bowl. I mean, but, hey, there's always next year. And there is. I, and I believe I believe that. And you guys got a pretty good quarterback. You guys are going to be relevant for a while to come now. You know. Oh, I would yeah, say so. Yeah. I think and, they're they're going to be they're going to be a force for a while. The problem is, as soon as as soon as the Patriots won that toss, I was thinking to myself like, all right, well that's it. Because I mean, you you remember you remember the the overtime in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago um, mm-hmm. against Atlanta. You know, and, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, all right, they haven't stopped them all game. How many times has Tom Brady done this? Led the team down the field in the fourth quarter overtime and just boom, 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 game over. That's done. So, I mean, the Patriots are just, yeah, everyone's sick of them. But at this point, you know, it, it's kind of it's interesting to me. because, And I just had a talk about this today on my show was that this is a league that is designed for parity. If you notice – most of the teams out of the 12 teams that make the playoffs, usually six or seven of them are different every year. Okay. This is a league that is designed for parity and designed for, you know, different teams. I mean, the, the NFC South, which was the Saints division has had a different champion other than the Saints. Saints won it last year too, I believe, but Oh no, the Falcons won it. There we go. Uh, it has had a different champion every year since 05, you know, the NFC East, has different champions every year. The AFC, you know, divisions, the Bengals win it sometimes, the Ravens, sometimes, most of the time, the Steelers. So it's designed for parity. The Patriots have bucked that trend. What it is now 
and you look at the Patriots and you say, okay, the dominance of the Patriots. Tom Brady has been in 17, 17 seasons as a starter. He's been in 13 conference championships, and this will be his ninth Super Bowl. So now you look at this and you say, okay, well, this actually is parity because obviously he's facing a different team every year. He's beaten all different teams. He hasn't played anybody back-to-back. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this has become who's going to beat the Patriots. And it actually gets other teams a lot of viewership and a lot of following because everybody outside of the five New England states wants whoever's playing the Super Bowl to beat the Patriots. Now, Los Angeles is getting a new stadium. It's a new franchise. Well, it's an old franchise, but it's a, uh, it's a newly invigorated franchise in their new home. They're getting a new stadium. Now they're going to the Super Bowl. Everybody in the country is rooting for the Rams to beat the Patriots in this game. So, in a way, it, it's, it's yes, the Patriots have bucked the trend, but they've also become sort of that team that opens up parity. I mean, you look at the, the Eagles won their first ever Super Bowl franchise history against them. The Falcons have that epic 28-3 collapse. You know, the Seahawks had that, that fourth down play where they should have ran it, but they threw it. It's just things happen. It's always an amazing Super Bowl whenever the Patriots are in it. They don't blow anybody out. They always make it interesting and everybody wants to beat them. The reason why I bring this up is it kind of reminds me of wrestling in a way. And I say that because you have a champion that, let's say you get a guy who holds the belt for a while, like say John Cena. Cena became, you know, because remember here now, guys, the, the Patriots, when they first started, when they beat the Rams back in 2000, I believe it was 2001, to end that the greatest show on turf era. Okay, then they beat the Panthers and then they, they, they were just they they were becoming this underdog, come from behind, feel good story, you know, Patriots, America, all this. People were rooting for them. They were the up and coming, the upstarter. They were the young quarterback who got his job because the starter got hurt and yada yada and people were rooting for the Patriots. Then people began gradually to get sick of the Patriots. There were controversies along the way and whatnot, things that happened. Now, every time the Patriots take the field, unless it's in Foxborough, Massachusetts, they're going to get booed and people are rooting against them. Reminds me a little bit of John Cena, where. And our guest shortly, guys, so be ready. That's fine. Cena had won the belt so many times that it just it got to the point where everybody cheered Cena. He was the hero. He was the man. He was the up-and-coming, the young guy, the, the good-looking guy from Massachusetts, ironically enough, who, you know, was that feel-good story. Now, Cena gets Cena sucks chance because everybody's sick of seeing John Cena. He's the one who is the go-to, the fallback. Same thing with the Patriots. Patriots and Cena have a lot in common. Nobody wants to see the Patriots in big matches. If somebody were to tell you right now, Icon and Granny both, somebody would tell you right now that John Cena is going to win the Rumble this year, which he, I don't even know if he's participating, but if, if somebody were to say Cena's going to win the Rumble, you're going to go, ah, oh, shoot, not Cena. Really? Again, Cena? Like, we're doing this with John Cena? It's the same thing with the Patriots. Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Ah, oh, really? Again with these Patriots? It's the same thing. So, I kind of was thinking about that earlier as I was doing the show about how sometimes being the champion and being that good for that long actually kind of plays against you in a way because you you, you begin to get 
people annoyed with you other than your core fans, of course, you begin to you get you begin to get people to root against you, and that's that's not necessarily a good thing. So I I don't know I don't know if I'm off base here, but that's sort of what I was thinking about earlier when I was driving home from the show about how the Patriots are basically John Cena and the exact you know the exact same story for the most part. Well, you know, it's like, uh, but you know, people aren't wanting North Dakota State to lose unless they're in the Missouri Valley Conference. Well, true, true, but I mean. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure that they would. I I mean, if they had the same coverage and they had the same, you know, if college football at the FB uh, the FCS level were, you know, was as big and as much of a revenue generator as the FBS level, I'm sure they would. I mean, people think about Alabama. Well, everyone's sick of seeing Alabama in the championship game. Sure, they got beat this year. They got dominated this year. But the fact is, ah, well, Alabama again. You know, it's like you hear about Alabama being in the championship, and you almost, unless you're a Crimson Tide fan, you almost want Alabama to lose no matter who they're playing because you're just sick of seeing them. And it's the same thing with the Patriots. You're just sick of seeing them. I, as a Dallas Cowboy fan, was sick to my stomach because I could not root for the Patriots. I had to, root for the I had to root for the Eagles last year of all teams. Yes, yes. Um, had to root for the Eagles of all way, and, and it's just it's the same thing with Cena and, and that. So and, uh, that we'll, we'll get back into that in a minute. But again, Cena, Patriots, Royal Rumble. We'll get into all that in a minute. Uh, the guest is on. I'm going to step aside real quick. I have to use the little boys' room, but. Uh, I'm going to click them through icon and you can do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the big man on campus. He is Caden Cassidy. Hey man, how are you? Hello? 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 Are you oh, there? there he is. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, my man? Good, good. Good. Uh, uh, I don't know if you were – you must not have been expecting that uh, big of an introduction. No, not at all. Because <laughs> it, it left you speechless. Like mo- most guests have, uh, uh, have, have been less speechless because of that uh, great intro. But what we like to do is after our guest gets the best intro they've ever had, because I did it, uh, we like to have them give us a little background <laughs> about themselves, then we ask them questions. So if you want to tell us a little background about yourself, then we'll talk to you. Sure, no problem. Uh, my name is Rage. I've been wrestling for about five years now. Uh, I wrestle in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, um, Queens area, New York. Uh, right now I'm the heavyweight champion of FTW, which is an organization, Fight the World Wrestling organization out here in uh, New York. Um, led to the ring by my daughter, who is also my valet. Her name is Chaos. And uh, that's about it. I mean, whatever else you want to know. All right. Uh, so uh, this is uh, Johnny Rage, correct? Actually, it's Rage. But, yeah, you, you can call me John. That's my real okay. name. Okay. All right. Rage. Okay. All right. Uh, there was <laughs> a little mix. Uh, I think there was a little mix up uh, by our producer on who was on the line. So I do apologize. Uh, I think I introduced you as our second guest, and uh, uh, we'll have all. I can redo that opening if you like, but if not, we can <laughs> press on. I guess. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's cool. All right. So uh, the question uh, that we have uh, in your uh, time in the business, uh, have you uh, worked with the stuck with the same promotion or have you been with several? Uh, I've been with a few other ones. Right now I'm with uh, just FTW, but I'm also doing one with um, uh, NEW, which is the new Evolution Wrestling, which basically it's going to be their second show in uh, February. But I've worked with BWF. I've worked with, uh, I'm trying to think who else, Uh, WWO. um, There's quite a few federations I've been around with. Some of them are still around. Some of them aren't still around. That's the thing. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, uh, uh, when I was uh, making uh, your collector's card, which I'm assuming you, 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 uh, you liked. Yes, it was awesome. Uh, I'm kind of curious about uh, your, uh, your makeup uh, and your ring attire. Um, where, uh, where does that uh, stem from? It's kind of like, uh, uh you know, with uh, with your facial hair and uh, you know the red devilish kind of paint and the tattoos and everything, you're kind of like a cross between Stone Cold Steve Austin, Damian Demento. <laughs> that's you know that's the first time I heard that. That's a really good combination right there. Um, actually, uh, what's funny is the face paint. I don't know if you listen what kind of music you listen to or anything, but I was always into like heavy metal and stuff from back in the day. And there was a guy named King Diamond. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yep, yep. All right. Well, if you look at the face paint that I use, it's very similar, just tweaked a little bit on my own. So that's pretty much where I got the idea of the makeup. I was also a big Kiss fan. And then if I got into, you know, once you talk wrestling, I mean, I was an Ultimate Warrior fan, the Road Warriors. uh, You know, there's plenty of influences in there. Sting. And, uh, you know, what, the other thing that I like about, uh, you know, your, uh, your attire is, uh, your tattoos. How many different tattoos do you have? And if you have a favorite one, what is your favorite one? Cause my favorite is a skull on your chest. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, well, I lost count at 14. I know it's probably double that now. I'd say my favorite tattoo is, uh, balding from house of a thousand <clears throat> corpses. But actually, I just got I just got a new tattoo recently, and it's up on my I think it's my left left side or right side, uh, upper back uh, upper shoulder. It's um, chaos. My daughter. Uh, it's a cartoon character of her. And uh, is she uh, inspiring to be a wrestler as well? Uh, yes, she is actually. Um, she started out as valet. Make a long story short. She was born with a uh, heart defect, which was just fixed. So she just had open heart surgery. So she was uh, regulated just for um, being a valet. She really couldn't train to be an actual wrestler. Uh, But now she's fixed. She's healing. And she's looking at probably getting into training, you know, sometime next year. And are you going to be doing the training or are you going to hire someone to train her? Or are you going to like send her to a wrestling school? Well, she'll probably attend the same wrestling school that I went to, which was uh, FTW's wrestling school. Um, they got some pretty good uh, teachers out there. I, I was trained by uh, um, Brian Idol, uh, um, who else? Matt Stryker, 
I know you know him. Um, yep. So yep. they've got some pretty good trainers in FTW that can actually do a good job with her. All right. We have uh, we have our good buddy here, John Rage Lesser, with us. And uh, he goes by Rage, and I do apologize. I, I, I'll... We'll explain the full name later, but uh, we're going to take a quick time out. I had sent you a script uh, for a little liner. We're going to take care of that now, and then I'm going to ask you the tough stuff. Okay. Okay, so I'll count you down for five, and then we'll go ahead and do that. Ready? Five. No problem. Four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Rage. You're listening to the Attitude Era, the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. That's so, great. When you wrestle, would you would you wrestle when you wrestle? Would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in betweeny, or uh, do you let the fans decide what you're going to be that night? Well, I when I first started out, I was pushed as heel. I was I was a rule breaker in the beginning, but that was only like maybe three matches. Um, ever since, I've just the kids have been my inspiration. They just are glued to me when I come out. So I can say I'm definitely a baby face. And uh, our, I know that our uh, co-host, Granny Hulkster, you know, she loves the heels, but since you're not really heel anymore, but you I do don't that. love the heel. I do not love the heels, no, no, no. Icon. You got it all wrong. I don't love the heels. No, no. I, I, I despise I, I, the heels. She, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't complete my sentence. She, she loves to get on the heels. But since you're not really heal anymore, it might not work, but I'm going to let her ask you a couple questions, then I'm going to hit you with the rough stuff. <laughs> well, no first of all, hello. I, yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan. You know, I, I was given that gimmick name about 17 years ago because I love wrestling. But, yes, he's right. I do love to talk a lot of smack to the heels, and I do a pretty <laughs> good job at what I do. I mean, so um, I guess one of my questions is um, – what has been your most challenging match or challenging opponent you've ever had to face? Uh, that's a good question. I had a, quite a few. I would probably say, hmm. Uh, you want to know a legend maybe that I wrestled that was a challenge? Sure. sure. Or do you want to know? Sure. All right. Uh, let's see. I would probably say just incredible. Um, I won uh. the match, but it was one of those matches where, um, it was unpredictable. We really didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen during that match. And, it, you know, he wanted to pull in a, a, I guess it was a, a door and stuck it in the corner. You know, it, it was it was a challenging match on that aspect as far as uh, what was going to happen. Because he was very unpredictable in that match. Wow. That's awesome. Also, um, I, I went to an independent show one time and, there was a little boy there, and he had a poster. And you always hear how people, oh, wrestling's fake. It's just fake. It's not real, blah, 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 blah. And this little boy, and I love the poster. I'm sure he had help with it, but I loved what it said. Wrestling is real. People are fake. What is your That's opinion about that? <laughs> um, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't like when people say wrestling's fake. Um, a few years ago, I actually dislocated my ankle pretty bad um, and actually was thinking about retiring from wrestling after maybe only doing three years in. Um, but it's definitely not fake. 
you got to have, um, you know, you, you take your hits, you take your bumps, you come out of there with bruises, black eyes, broken this, broken that. So you, I can't say it's fake. Uh, as far as people go, oh, yeah, people can be very fake, especially oh, yeah. in, in the business of wrestling. You know, behind the scenes, there's a lot of backstabbing. Uh, you know, even even uh, as far as promoters go, there are good promoters, there are bad promoters, there are fake promoters. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yes, I, I very much know. I'm very much familiar with that. Uh, I, I've dealt with a few uh, fake promoters uh, in my time of watching wrestling. Not not a good thing. Not a good thing. So, so now we're, now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty on the interview, as they say, because uh, our fans uh-huh. always expect me to do this. So uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> All right. Now, in uh, in your tenure in the business as an independent wrestler, you know, I always ask all our independent wrestlers the same thing, and no one ever has answered it the same way. Everybody has their own different answers, so I'm going to put this to you. Okay. We all know, as a wrestler, the big dance is the WWE or Ring of Honor or NXT but when the thing is, when you get there, they tell you you can do this, you can't do this, you have to do this. They basically control all aspects of your life. When you're an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny and do what you want. If the WWE were to call you up tomorrow, two-part question. Is that something that you you want to do and go to them? And if you do get there, will you still consider us a friend and still talk to us when you make the big $10 million contract? <laughs> Um, of yeah, of course I would definitely uh, go to the WWE. I think that's every wrestler's dream, indie wrestler's dream. Um, again, you brought up that the, they have total control of everything, which is true. But I think even 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 the guys that don't last long in the WWE that are let go after like a year or two or whatever it is, they actually have a decent run on the indies when they get out. So, I mean, I kind of look at it as a plus in both directions. And as far as remembering you guys, of course I would. And uh, I also have to ask you, ask you this because, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, we'll put her out there in, in some ways, but I, I had uh, sent you an uh, address. Do you think you might be able to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways to our fans when we have our big giveaway show around the 4th of July? Definitely, definitely. I would definitely do that. Awesome. The other question that I like to ask every wrestler is the finisher. Every wrestler has a big finisher. Like mine is the junk punch him in the man business as long as the referee's back is turned. Uh-huh. What is the what is the name of yours? Describe it. How does it work? And do you do you think one of us would be able to take it and practice on one of us after you tell us about it? All right. Uh, the name of my finisher is anger management, and what it is, it's basically like a TKO. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty much like a TKO. I left the guy up on my shoulders hold on to his head, throw his legs out, and I jump up, and we both land, but his head hits my shoulder, so. 
That is painful, and I don't think I'll let you practice that on me, but Big Swing might take that. Uh, Rage that, is our guest. That would be we great. Got about 14, <laughs> we, got about, we got about 14 minutes left here with Rage. When you decided to hire your daughter as your valet, you mentioned your daughter was how old? Uh, she's 21. She's 21. Yeah. But I don't know why I was I, I don't know why I was uh, thinking uh, that she was younger than that. But as, yeah, as a I manager, thought I started wrestling I started wrestling uh, at a later age. So that's probably what you were thinking. I was younger, but that's okay. Right, <laughs> right. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, is does your daughter like to? Uh, interject herself in the match and what kind of manager type is she is she like the sunny type manager or is she more like the miss elizabeth type manager um i would definitely say she's more sunny uh she does inject herself into the matches on occasion but only if she's intimidated i mean she got the name chaos because basically she could definitely make a match chaotic um, she's gotten involved in, I think, uh, two or three of my matches already, um, where she does like a hurricanrana. So she could definitely take care of herself. But again, this was this was all prior to her heart surgery. So when right. now that she's had it and she can heal and train, she's going to be phenomenal. Now is you know your ring attire is 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 pretty cool and pretty simple. But is her ring attire more flashy, more glitzy, or is it more conservative? Uh, I would say it's probably more grungy um, and sexy at the same time. I hate to say that about my daughter, but um, she has uh, – she's more like a schoolgirl goth kind of look. Almost like now a Harley Quinn, I guess you could say. Now, do you think you could get your daughter to come on our show? Actually, she's right here right now. If you want to ask her a couple questions, I don't mind passing it over to her. I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you one other quick question, and uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Sure, that'd be awesome. Uh, Rage is yeah, our yeah. guest. We have ten. We have ten minutes left, and we'll uh, spend the last ten minutes with his uh, his uh, loving manager. Yes. As, as a wrestler. Uh, are you more of a technical, a high flyer, or are you more of a grunty style, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin type? Total Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm such a brawler. I mean, I, I go in with a lot of, lot of punches thrown, a lot of slams. You know, I'm not really a high flyer, but I will climb up if I have to. Um, but again, I'm, I'm more down to the mat. You know, I like to punish people in there. And I will admit, I do love your accent too. It's it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Well, it's, it's Long Island. Right, so it's um, my, my whole dad's side of the family uh, has that. They're from Suffolk, so I'm very, I'm very used to that. See, Rage, I'm up here in New York. the The main radio station that we're syndicated on is up here in um, is in New York. It's upstate, but it's still New York. Uh, Icon is in um, North Dakota, and Granny's from Arkansas. So we're kind of little triangular Bermuda Triangle type of action going on here. So oh, that's very it's kind of cool. cool. Very cool. But, but that accent, yeah, that accent I got, it's, it, it, to me, yes, it's awesome because I love New York and I love the accent. To me, it's nothing new. Like, he sounds normal to me. But to, to you, I can understand why it might sound cool. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's talk to his manager a little bit, and then uh, Rage, we do appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, if you don't mind, we'll uh, do the last ten minutes with your your manager, if that's okay. Yeah, not a problem, guys. Hold awesome. on, I'm gonna put her on. Cool. Hello. Well, welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. And once again, your name is Chaos. Chaos. That's right. I just wanted to hear you say it. Which is awesome. <laughs> now, as as a manager, you your uh, your wrestler there, uh, let us uh, told us that you like to interject yourself into his matches. Can you tell us how you do that? Do you uh, have a punch? Do you have a kick? Do you like to slap the taste out of the opponent's mouth when the referee's back is turned? What do you like to do? Well, I have smacked one guy, Star, because. He's trying to flirt with me and be all show off and stuff like that. And it's like, you can't show off to me when you're hitting my dad. That's rage. You can't hit him. So I did hit one guy, but the thing I like to do typically is a hurricanrana on people. Now, for people that don't know the hurricanrana, that is what uh, Lita used to do. Mm-hmm. Correct? Now, who yeah. taught you that? Uh who who taught you that, or did you just start doing it? And uh, did you uh, have uh, any injuries as you were doing it? And have you injured anybody else? Um, well, I started learning it from the teacher Kono at the FCW school. It was, I believe, in Bohemia where the school was for FCW. And when I started practicing it, I tried practicing it with my dad, and his head hit me right in the leg, and I got a huge bruise. And I think the only, like, real injury that I sustained while practicing it beforehand. That is awesome. Uh, Chaos is our guest. We got about seven, eight minutes left with Chaos here. Now, you know, we had mentioned uh, – we'd ask your your buddy there – uh, your well, we'll call him your dad because that's who he is, and that's what his name is. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I can't think of anything else to call him, but we can't really mask the thing that he is your dad. But you know, we kind of asked him about uh, your ring attire. Now, is that uh, do you uh, do you do you spend a lot of money on your wardrobe, or do you uh, go to like different shops and make your own? Um, I would say it's a lot of going to different places, a lot of DIY and stuff like that. I'm I'm a big fan of like making my own clothes or finding things, you know, making something together that's my own look. And uh, he had mentioned that you kind of like kind of do the schoolgirl type goth type look, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, do you do the in in the goth sense? Now, do you do the now, don't get offended because this is what I understand about goth. You do the the black lipstick, black fingernail polish, <laughs> liquid paper, white face. Um, or, or not well, that. What kind I, of I'm I'm a little bit of that. It's more of like um, I do more of like a punk type version of goth. So I have like the crazy hair colors and the black eyeliner, you know, stuff like that. Like a lot of red and black in my clothing like rage but you know that that kind of aspect of goth you know with the spiky stuff and the 
the leather and all that stuff. And uh, your father had mentioned that uh, he's you're going to start training in ring wrestling and you're going to start wrestling yourself. And you, you mentioned that, you know, you're, you're uh, 21 years old, which is, I think is really, really cool. Now here's what we want to ask of you. When you start wrestling mm-hmm. and before your first match, I want you guys to keep in contact with me and I want to have you on just before your first match, like a week, two weeks before. And we want to talk to you about it and get you ready for it because anybody that's, been on our show they've usually went for titles but uh we still have a great undefeated streak for people that have been on our show and not lost in the title aspect anybody that's went for a title that's been on our show we're now at 427 and 0 right now and even though you might be going for a title right away we want to keep you in our in our streak in our win streak Mm -hmm. so we want to have you back on and the other thing is that we that we'll ask is if uh, our fans wanted to check you out, uh, do you and your father have a Facebook? Do you have an Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? What do you yeah. got up? Um, we both have Facebook pages. My dad's is Rage, and mine is Chaos. Um, his URL, do you have, like, a special URL for it, Dad? Uh, Rage. Uh, John Rage Lesser. Oh, yeah. Um, his Facebook personal page is John Rage Lesser. Um, and yours? And mine is Chris Lesser, and in little brackets it says chaos. <laughs> okay, so here, here's what here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me, and your, uh, your dad knows what I'm under on Facebook. What I want you to do is send me a message, and then what I'll do like I did for your father, I'll make a, I'll make a little collector's card for you too for being on our show with us. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, did you see his that I made for him? Uh, no, I didn't see it yet. He didn't show you? Oh, man. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what, don't worry. I know he can beat me up, so our friendship hasn't taken a hit, but I can't believe he hasn't been showing everybody that. That's why I made it, so he can show it <laughs> off and say, hey, look what my Eagle Tusco buddy out in North Dakota made, you know? He, he's so, really slacking. Oh, wow. You didn't show that off, Dad? My God, it looks so cool. I'm I'm so gonna throw him under the bus right now. Why why didn't you show me that, huh? Well, you know, I'll tell you what. It's one thing to throw somebody under the bus. It's one thing to throw somebody under the bus in this show, but usually it's me that gets thrown under the bus, and then what they do is they put the damn bus in reverse and hit me again. (laughs) Icon, you you throw yourself under the bus usually. Right, and I also appreciate chaos that you're the only female guest that we've had that does not have a restraining order against me yet. So I appreciate that. But <laughs> yeah, not yet. Keyword so yet. What I want you to do is go ahead, go ahead, send me a message on Facebook. And then what I'll do is, uh, well, I'll stay in contact with you. I want you to keep me, uh, abreast of your training and then we'll, uh, we'll have you back on and, uh, We'll have uh, your dad cut into ten minutes of your time, like we did for you, and we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep track of you, and we'll follow you all the way to the WWE. Oh my God, that would be so cool! Awesome. Well, before wait a minute, Kaz. Now while we have you on the line here, real quick, uh, speaking of WWE and speaking of female wrestlers, uh, your view on 
argument. Now I'm a little older. I'm 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 30, so I I grew up on the whole Trish Stratus, Lita, Molly Holly, you know, Attitude Era women, mm-hmm. uh, Ivory, China, all of them. But 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 I happen to be a a mega fan of um one named Alexa Bliss. Are you are you a fan of of Bliss? Yes. Oh, see, see, she's got good taste, Icon. Good taste. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I also she, she likes am me a too, huge so of fan. She does. I'm also a huge fan of um, the Attitude Era with, like, Lita and stuff. And now recently, one of my, uh, my recent favorites is Ronda, Rouse, Ronda Rowdy. Ronda yeah, Rousey, I, 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 I like Ronda Rousey. The only thing is with her is, like, I watched her entire MMA career, so it's just weird for me to see her doing it, you know, doing this. But, but yeah, she's not bad. <laughs> she's not bad. Yeah, I I can see where, where that kind of is a little confusing or weird. I think it's really cool that she's so into it. She is intimidating, to say the least. Mhm. <laughs> But Icon, we do have um, we do have a guest poking through on the switchboard here. Oh, okay. uh, well, I'll tell you what, Chaos and Rage, we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your schedules to join us, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, no thank problem. you Take so care, much. Guys. Awesome. All right, uh, put them on through, and then we'll go ahead and uh, get them through. Now I know who it is. Yeah, they're on there. All right, hey, ladies and gentlemen. On, guys? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is our second combatant of the night. He is the double C man, the big man on campus. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Caden Jeffany. Hey, Caden, how are you? you know, of course, in my mind, I'm like listening to like the music, and I'm like, yeah, let's get this going. Who are we fighting tonight? What's going on, guys? <laughs> All right, now tell me. Everything's good, man. Was that not the best intro you've ever had? I might have to actually, like, you know, hire you to do my stuff. Like, no, 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 pass the mic to this man, <laughs> please. Well, I'll tell this you what, I am up to get for hire, right. and uh, th- that was my audition for you right there, then and there. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, you know, I have awesome. my own personal ring announcer. I'm pretty sure Alberto might not mind, you know, since he's doing his own thing now. Awesome. So uh, what we what we do is once we uh, give the guests the best uh, ring announcement they've ever had, because I'm the one that does it, uh, we like to have them give us a little background about themselves, and then we uh, then we interview them. So if you want to tell, give us a little background about yourself, then we'll go to you. We'll talk to you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've been uh, let's see. So I've been wrestling for about five and a half years now out of the Pacific Northwest. I have wrestled for various companies uh, such as now recently Defy Wrestling, uh, WCWC down in Salem, Oregon, DOA Wrestling. I've wrestled with Virgil Flynn before. Uh, the, his passing of last year, sadly, and uh, now looking to wrestle in Texas and more so in Philadelphia, looking for bookings there always. Let's see, uh, let's see uh, personal life-wise, I got, what, two degrees, one in science and one in multimedia and design, and, and uh, what, 6'2", 280 pounds, uh, trying to you know get into this weightlifting game. That's really about it. I'm very simple. And... Uh... For people that uh, have not seen our guest, he is just a big, big, dangerous man. I would not mess with this guy in the ring. I wouldn't mess with him on the street. I I wouldn't mess with him anywhere. 
just so you guys know, he is a big guy. I mean, he he's got the, he he's kind of like a cross between Mr. T and Mark Henry, I would say. I don't know I don't know if you uh, appreciate that analogy, but that's what I no, got. No, I usually I usually get those two uh or I get uh, bad news brown like all the time. Like I was just at Defy on Saturday and the guys like the moment you came out the curtain, I thought to myself, oh, my God, we have a new bad news. And I'm like, I don't know whether to say thank you or otherwise. <laughs> I wish I could compare it to bad news. Man, that guy was so good. So good. Now, but Mark your, Henry is especially uh, one of my favorites. Right. In your tenure in the business, and, you know, you mentioned you work for several different companies. Have you uh, – been able to hold any titles or have you went for any titles or are you going after any titles currently? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've had tag team title championship, uh, which was a huge mistake. Never gave it a, a title on somebody within two months into their career. That's just a big, stupid thing to do. Uh, let's see. I won the world heavyweight championship or the heavyweight championship at NWA in 2000 in C. 17, I have uh, chased after the DOA tag team titles in the uh, Pure Championship a few times. It's just a matter of time. Right now, my biggest concern is really just grabbing titles. Like Everybody's like, oh, I want to grab a title. I want to grab a belt. What's the point in having a title if you can't represent the company in the best way possible and bring in money, right? Like if we're talking real talk, the can you draw? Yeah, I can draw. I have personality. I have charisma. No problem. But for me, it's all about also skill, and I'm I'm all about steel sharpening steel. So I'm looking for the best challenges right now in my career. That's what I'm looking well, you for know, right now. Well, you know, you mentioned that uh, you know they gave you the tag. You got the tag team titles within a couple months of your career, but we know that you were the one that carried that team, right? I was actually. <laughs> Uh, you yeah, know, my that. partner, uh, my partner actually ended up stopping, uh, he stopped wrestling not even three, four months after that little run. He just, it's wrestling just not for him. And, you know, my teacher, uh, was one of the bars. He was Josh Barr. He was Sandy Barr's, uh, one of his youngest sons. And, you know, we gave him a call from a mutual friend of ours and said, Hey, I'm, I'm rolling down to California with one of your students. He's like, I've only ever had three, and I know for a fact it has to be Caden. He's the only one who wants it bad enough. Yeah. I'm like, hey, as long that's, as he knows, right? That's awesome. Now, the cool thing is, uh, like I was just mentioning to our other guest, you know, uh, we have a, a record of uh, 427-0. and 0. Any guest that we've had on that has went for the title, whether it be a couple days or a couple months afterwards, has always won that title. So we're undefeated. We're four hundred and twenty seven and oh, so you gotta make it four twenty eight for us. You you bet I'll do my very best for you. <laughs> and you gotta keep track of that for us. Now, when you wrestle, would you consider yourself babyface, a heel, an in betweeny, or do you let the fans decide what you are that day? I'll let the fans decide. You know, with me when I wrestle you know, my my entire mindset is, okay, I, I need to get paid, right? That's what wrestling is at the end of the day. We're here to get paid. We're here to give money. This match gives us a purse to take home to our family. Our first instinct as family men is what? To protect our family and give them what we wanted when we were kids, just a better life. That's my first instinct. I got two young boys at home, one, mm-hmm. four, one, four, one, one, week, one one week old, 
you know, so that's my entire mindset. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go get the job done. I'm going to walk home or drive home, give my family some cash, and go about my day. Awesome. And uh, we have uh, we have a great guest here with us. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a quick uh, time out here uh, with uh, with uh, Caden uh, Cassidy here. We have about 20 minutes left with Caden. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out, and I sent you a script uh, to do a liner. We're going to go ahead and take care of that now, and then we're going to ask you the tough questions. No problem. All right, I'll count you down for five, then we'll do it. Ready? Here we go. Five, go four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Caden Cassidy, the Bad Life Choice, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the Icon. The Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. And speaking of Granny Holster, I know that Granny Holster's got a couple questions for you. So what do you got, Granny? I don't know what happened to her. Anyway. <laughs> oh, technical okay, I guess, I, I guess we'll just continue. Now, yeah, she's still I'm, I'm here, Icon. On. I'm here. There she I'm, is. Okay. I'm here, she's Icon. still on the switchboard. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. So, um, I'm I'm not a wrestler. Just a big, huge fan of this wonderful sport. But um, no, I've been for ahead. many years. What has uh, been your most um, interesting match you've ever ha- had in your career? Uh, let me think about that one. Mm. Hmm. Interesting as in, like, just something that kind of threw me for a loop? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean. I think I would say we had, uh, I came to the back. Um, I'm getting my boots on. And we're talking about wrestling history. He's like, hey, man, have you ever watched Harley Race versus Ric Flair? I'm like, yeah, which one? He's like, they're they're Iron Man. I'm like, they have had several. He's like, yeah, man, wouldn't it be great to do one? And I'm like, yeah, man, that'd be fun someday to, you know, have a 30-minute to an hour match, you know, Broadway. It'd be fantastic. He's like, hey, just so you know, we're doing a Broadway match. And he just leaves. I'm like, what? <laughs> so this is, you know, this is like, you know, me three and a half years in. And I'm like, like, my heart is like just bursting out of my chest. So I'm trying to get my mean face on. I go out behind that curtain. I'm doing my rounds with the fans and about to step into the ring. At the corner of my eye, you ever just have those moments you feel like, you know, a dark presence is watching you, you feel like the devil himself mm-hmm. is giving you the thumbs up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I turn to mm-hmm. my left and there's my there's my devil of a father looking at me, just staring me down and I'm like, What the hell is he doing here? Oh my <laughs> So uh yeah, my dad has just this look. This this look could seriously just stop anybody in their tracks. I have to wrestle this match. The 30-minute match around the ring, uh, we slammed each other through barricades, ring posts, uh, on the apron. It was a 30-hole minute. We just literally just waged war. It was the heavyweight championship versus uh, basically the intercontinental championship. Uh, closed out as a draw. I got to the back, and I just collapsed. It was like, oh, my God, I was not ready for that. If I had to say there was a uh, one that was kind of just a curveball, that was the one. That threw me for a Wow. Wow. You know, the the fact that your dad was in the audience, did you not know he was going to be there? No, my dad and I have this, a unique history. We're like, we are the antithesis of each other. Where I'm more of the, 
easygoing, you know, happy-go-lucky type of guy, you know, until I got to, you know, I got to fight. That's a whole different, you know, scenario. He's always in this dark, brooding mode. and It's like he's notorious. In my hometown of Portland, Oregon, you know, he's well-known by his name, his moniker, as Toddy P, uh, Todd Phillips Sr. Everybody knew who he was. He was the guy who would literally take your girl. And, you know, wouldn't have any qualms about it. I'll never forget the confidence of this man when I was a kid. I was 14. I'm reading my little Nickelodeon magazine, right? I'm in the car. And he's, you know, poking me. And I'm like, what? Did I do something wrong? He's like, no, look to your right, silly. So I look to my right, and there's these very gorgeous women just staring us both down. So he, like, looks at one of them, and they're, you know, kind of flirting with him at the red light. He's like, pull over. And she's like, what? Pull over. Let's talk. Okay, so they pull over for a second. He ducks out of his car for maybe 60 seconds. Comes back, has her number on a piece of paper, and he's like, all right, I got both their numbers, man. We're about to go out tonight. And I said, did you really just get both their numbers? Like, yeah, man, I got both those numbers. He's like, you know, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. We're going out tonight. I told him you were 14, so I couldn't give, you know, you one of their numbers. But the, the redhead was staring you down. And proceeds to just smile and drive off like nothing even happened. And I'm like, what man do you know can get a girl's number at a red light in less than a minute? I've never seen that before. <laughs> well, 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 the the icon could, but uh, so uh, <laughs> I need to see this happen. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious uh, on the. Date I think they do uh, it just so that he leaves them alone. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So I, just, I said I'm that too, but he he legit did go out with them. I'll never forget that. I asked yeah. him too. Just, he went out with them, right? He's like, yeah, we got drinks. I'm just kind of curious on the on the date when uh, they met you guys. Did they say, "Who's your daddy"? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, we we look way too much like to have that question. He tried to uh, he tried to play the young card because he looks very young for his age. He's only 55 this year, and uh, sure how so old? at the time he looked he so I'm I'm 33. He's 55, and he. Uh, Looked at me real fast, and his girl was approaching it and said, hey, I'm your uncle, okay? Hey, Diane, how's it going? And I'm like, did you really just try to play that card that you're my uncle? So I looked at him. I let him, I let him talk. He's like, all right, I'll call you later, okay? All right, have a good one. He said, you're his nephew, right? I said, no, I'm his son. Yeah, I'm his son. I'm his 30-year-old son. Have a good day. He just looked at me just, just pissed. Just like, I didn't tell her I had any kids. Uh, ew, man. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of funny, you know, and I love my dad to death, but you know, I, I, uh, I, I think that's kind of cool to have a dad like that. Uh, you know, uh, I guess his, uh, ring, go to ring song would be want to be a player. No. Okay. Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, it would be. I told him, I said, I said, if you wrestle, man, it'd be anything to do with either ice cube, easy, E. Or maybe I'd probably give him some Sully Cell if we're going back to the 90s. You, that's that's, well, how, that's you, who he is. He's, he's, he's a super chill dude, though. He drives a 1971 custom Buick Riviera. Or or would your dad be more like the Godfather? Pimpin' ain't easy. No, that's the, the Godfather is more his persona. In fact, he met him more than once. <laughs> so, real quick here, we got... Uh, Shoot. We got uh, Kate Cassie on. We got about 15 minutes left here with you. Now, there's uh, two questions I always ask our guests, and we'll let uh, Big Swing ask a couple. 
when you wrestle, all wrestlers have a great finishing maneuver. We want to know what yours is called and what goes into it. And uh, we will figure out if one of us would be willing to try, let you try it on us. What do you got? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, you know, I mean, I, I fully believe that any ma- any move can finish, you know, a match. That's just my, my idea. But if I had to say one that I prefer to go to, I have a, a Death Valley driver into a neckbreaker. It's called the Bad Life Choices. Um, so when you throw them over your shoulder, let's say you're throwing them parallel, you're throwing them, and as soon as their body goes horizontal, you jump up and grab their neck into a reverse cutter. So, you know, when you think about it, okay, I'm six foot two. I'm jumping up about about my height. I'm bringing him down into one of the you know biggest neckbreakers possible. Of course, with my strength included, it should be an instant knockout. Um, I have it online in a lot of my promo videos as well. And it's it's one that I don't see people really use. And I've come to a conclusion. I'm like, great. Whenever I debut somewhere, people's mind will be blown because they've never seen it. That is awesome. Now, the other question I have for you, and I, I ask all independent wrestlers this. Because no one ever answers it the same way. Everybody always has a different response to it. Now, we all know when you get into wrestling, the big dance is the WWE. It's what most every wrestler strives to get to. But when you get there, you know, they tell you, you can do this, you can't do this, this, that, the other. They control all aspects of your life. As an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny and do what you want. If the WWE were to call you, is that something that you want to do? And if they sign you that multi-million dollar contract, are we still going to be in your eye? Are you still going to be friends with us and still talk to us when they uh, when they give you that big deal? Here's the thing. It's, it's funny because I've talked to many, many people about this. It's like, if WWE called you, would you take the contract? And the answer is yes. And, and it's not, you know, without – taking much thought into it. It's, you know, that's a mountain that many people want to climb because even if it's a short, even if it's a short tenure, right, the people you have there to help you grow, better your craft, whether it be promos, in-ring skills, or even if it's something just as simple as, you know, how to sell your merchandise, that's something to put back into your pocket. So if you ever lose that position, you can go back into the independence and you have something to fall back on. Okay, I still have these skills that I was taught. You know, now if I was, you know, more of an independent wrestler and I had, you know, my choice of the land, why wouldn't I want to go to AEW or try Japan? And that's honestly kind of where my mindset is. If I had those options, I would take either one of them. I would love to go to Japan, actually, because strong style would be more my up my alley. That's how I prefer to wrestle. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our our buddy here, Caden uh, Cassidy? Well, he must have stepped away again. See, the the thing, Caden, is uh, we'll take we'll call that a pee break. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you left both our guests speechless, which is uh, our our co-host speechless, which is uh, which is a rarity in this uh, on this show. But well, we got some time here. We got. About 12 minutes sure, ask any, ask, any, ask any questions you guys got. That's, you know, I always say just ask away. I'm an open book. I, I don't I don't really hide anything. It's whatever you guys want to know. It's pretty it's pretty easy for the, uh, for any. When it, when is your when is your uh, when is your next event? 
Sure. Uh, next event I'm going to be at is in Portland, Oregon. Is at NWA uh, Wrestling. I'm going to have a tag team match with my tag team partner, CJ Edwards, uh, a.k.a. Chocolate Drop. He is uh, going to be going against the Glory Holes with myself. The Glory Holes consists of Chris Ryzek and Dave Turner in a tag team match for the tag team titles. Awesome. It sounds like Big Swing may be back. Are you back, Big Swing? Yeah, I've been back. I was just waiting to uh, finish the story. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of what he's saying. It's it's um to me it's always it's always fascinating because you know we we've talked to you know wrestlers from all different walks. Uh, I mean, from WWE, you know, former superstars, WCW, you know, albeit all the way down to the independent cycle. And I mean, I guess. You know the path is really all the same, but the but the way that they chose the path is always different. What sort of got you into wrestling? What made you decide? What like was there a particular, you know, match or a particular wrestler or or just a particular event that made you decide? Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. You know, with my career. Absolutely. Um, uh, I remember specifically what happened. I was I watched wrestling. You know, here and there as a kid, my dad was, you know, very worried about it in the house because, one, he didn't want me fighting with any of my siblings. And, uh, two, he, you know, always thought that men in tights were questionable. Um, but I would always sneak to my cousin's house and I'd watch it. And I remember specifically uh, my aunt had ordered uh, In Your House 14, Revenge of the Taker. And I watched Mankind versus Taker which I thought was just amazing. Here are these two big Goliaths just taking it out on each other. And as a kid, I, you know, I took martial arts. I was into Taekwondo, you know, but I was also into like, you know, Rocky. And I'm looking at Taker as this evil version of Rocky. Like, you know, he wants his, his vengeance. He's out for it. He, he wants to feel, you know, uh, like he, he, he uh, got his status back against mankind. Who's, you know, attacked him so many times. And I thought it was one of the best matches in the world. So uh, as I got older, you know, I went to high school. I took collegiate mat wrestling, uh, and, and I played football with Indomitian Sue. Um, you know, I ended up stopped playing football because wrestling was more my passion. It was like, you know, he can make millions doing what he loves to do. You know, I could make thousands and still would be okay with that because I did what I wanted to do, Right. So I remember specifically in senior year in my English writing class, hey, what do you want to do when you get out of high school? And I said, you know, the, I just want to be a professional wrestler. He's like, you don't want to play football anymore. I said, no, I really don't. I want to be a professional wrestler. And, you know, I had that dream in my mind for years. And uh, I just didn't really know how to go about it. Oregon really didn't have a lot of wrestling schools that I knew about. And me and my best friend, Julian White, ended up finding a school when I was about 24, 25. I was just kind of, you know, like not really sure I could do it. And then I, you know, I was 326 pounds, super overweight. You know, I had lost like all want to do anything at this time. And I said, you know, screw it, man. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to start training. It doesn't matter how late it is. I'm just going to do it. Like I said, I would. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it for, like I said, you know, five and a half, six years now at this time, you know, since, since after training has been done and learning from various people. I've been traveling up, uh, up and down the Pacific Northwest to Canada and back down to California, 
and trying to branch out so I can just enjoy this crazy world. It's, it's fantastic. You know, I just met the young bucks on Saturday and just listening to them, bless people with knowledge was phenomenal. And I'm like, that's, you know, what we're here to do. We're here to put on a show. We're here to learn how to put on the show better than anybody else, you know, and kind of, you know, learn that jigsaw piece. So that's kind of how I got into it. It's kind of where I'm at now. No. And that's great that you know, it was a match because I actually remember that match too. So that was that was um, that was awesome because like I, to to be able to for somebody who values the Attitude Era from an entertainment standpoint, from a kayfabe standpoint, to somebody who had the Attitude Era influence their life in a way too. Being myself, that to have that um, you know be be the reason why you're doing what you're doing is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I've always wanted to meet either one, and I almost met Mick Foley uh, last year. He was up in Canada, and he actually knows uh, both of my uh, professional wrestling coaches. Just could not make it up there. You know, I had uh, I had a booking to go ahead and take care of, and then, of course, I have kids. So it was like, I, you know, I kind of can't just say, you know, forget them. I have to go meet my idol. So I've been kind of, you know, waiting to shake Mick Foley's hand and just like, you know, hey, thank you so much for inspiring me to do this and, you know, Kind of ask him, you know, pick his, pick his brain over a beer or whatever. Even though I don't drink, I, I still prefer to buy him a beer just to do, you know, kind of do the due, due, due diligence. But I'm hoping, you know, one day I can meet him or Taker. I would just love just to pick their brains. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Mick Foley. You know, I uh, I look like him in a way. Even Mick Foley has told me I look like him, which is really cool. And uh, me and uh, the Big Swing got to meet Mick Foley and Billy Gunn together, actually. I uh, mm. a little event called Maui Madness, and we'll start. The line that. was super long. I mean, it was it was it was a quick, you know, hey, how you doing? Handshake, blah blah blah, and out. It wasn't like a any prolonged of a meeting, but it was it was it was good though. Yeah, I mean, Mick, uh, you know, I, he had you know he has the short hair now, but you know, and everything, but he still he still you know he he's got that that lovable kind of a little kid personality. He had the flannel shirt on with the sweatpants, the typical Mick Foley, but. You know, I remember Mick sort of the way you remember Mick as mankind, you know, and and then throughout, you know, as that general manager in the early 2000s. But, you know, to see Mick now, I'll tell you, the body really takes a bump because, I mean, Mick, uh, when he came into this event, I mean, he was in everything but a wheelchair, man. I mean, he was he was struggling to get across the room and it just kind of goes to show you, um, you know, what years of this business does do to the body. For those people out there who are saying it's fake, saying it's scripted, saying it's not a real sport, yada yada, uh, it, it really does take a toll. Probably worse than sports like football and hockey doing your body. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, Mick Foley being one of my, my idols growing up in terms of just somebody who got me into it, and then you have uh, you know Kijimoto, um, you know from Japan. Same thing with him. The great Muda, his knees are so shot. Like, I've never seen somebody with thicker knee pads. He did one moonsault to end this match, and it was beautiful, as usual. And they rushed out there, grabbed all these ice packs and put them over his knees. And he's sitting here, you know, with everybody applauding him as he's, like, waiting for the ability to to be able to get up and walk on his own, you know, waiting for the sensation to come back. And, you know, I kind of, I fear that sometimes because, you know, once again, I have these kids and I want to be able to, you know, help as much as I can. You know, even people such as Bad News, had, you know, his, he had bowed, he had bowed knees, you know, when he retired. So it's all about taking care of yourself as well. 
you know, seeing chiropractors, seeing doctors, you know, we have all this knowledge. Heck, we just had Goldust announce today that he had uh, stem cell injections into both knees after a double knee surgery. And I'm like, that's the smartest thing you could have did. Uh, you know, whatever Kate you Cassie do to prolong yourself. Kate Cassie is our guest. We got about uh, uh, four minutes here left with you. If, oh, uh, I'm very couple, sorry. No, that's okay. A couple things here. If uh, our fans wanted to uh, catch up uh, and check you out and follow you, uh, do you have a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a Twitter? You got a YouTube? You got a what do you got out there? I got every single thing you just mentioned, like legit, all under my name, under Caden Cassidy. Facebook's under Caden Cassidy. Uh, Instagram's under Caden Cassidy. Pro Wrestling T stores under Caden Cassidy. Everything, and I have Pro Wrestling T stores. It has every single shirt. That's uh, been a part of me since I started. You know, when I first started, I was a pimp character, which is why I, I kind of laughed when you said the Godfather. Except my moniker was the white girl's kryptonite. So that was my <laughs> thing. And, yeah, it, it gets everybody to chuckle. They're like, okay, you copy bastard. And then it slowly but surely became the bad life choice because I felt like that was more of an appropriate idea of who I am. <laughs> but, yeah, you can find me You can find me anywhere. Um, Do I, you I think your dad had uh... reach out. Do you think your dad had some influence on that moniker to uh, to start off with? I tell him that every time. I said, all I do is yeah. play you in that ring. And he's like, uh-huh. you do? I'm like, watch me watch me wrestle. Watch how I talk. Watch how I move. And if you don't think that's you, then you're out of your mind. He came to see uh, one of my matches uh, five months ago, and he pulled me to the side. He was like, absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, you can and, find me uh, anywhere. I, I invite all the fans to reach out. Uh, Kate, I had uh, I had uh, sent you a uh, address. Do you think you might be able to send us maybe a couple autographs or maybe a shirt or uh, two to for giveaways for our fans for our big July Fourth? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was gonna I was gonna do that in December. And I just you know I slipped across the time. I was, you know I had a baby. I think I just had a baby last week, so I've been just busy with everything. But if you can send me that one more time, send me a reminder. I'll send you guys a couple shirts. Just let me know what awesome. sizes work best for your for your fans, and uh, we'll be good. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I just sent you this. And one other thing here before we let you go, the icon made you a couple of collector's cards. What was your opinion on those? I thought they were fantastic. Actually, I have one being used on my social media, I believe. Perfect. And uh, just the only thing I ask, you can use it for anything. Just if anybody asks you who made it, you send some kudos to the uh, icon. Say, yeah, my egotistical buddy uh, out uh, out there in North Dakota, he makes these things. Give him a call, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you guys uh, just you know reach out to me. Let me know if you guys want back in the show or whatever. I would love to answer more questions. Um, and back to you know uh, if you guys have any uh, things you need me to send specifically for the fans, like I said, just reach out via Facebook. I'll get to it as fast as I can. Well, well, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, would you be willing to come on with us again? Yeah, like I said, just give me a call or just text, Facebook message. Like I said, well, I'm on every platform uh, available. Well, how about this? Why don't I do this? Why don't we set you up penalty right now for July 8th at 9.45 p.m. Central Standard Time? Yeah, we can always review the Great American Bash. All right, I'm going to put you down right now. We have you Which is now funny because that used to be a WCW pay-per-view, but they just went ahead and stole that, so that's great. I know. But yeah. I know. It's so, it's so <laughs> silly. It's like, okay, so guys, I see you. what you guys did there. So, Kate and Cassie will be on with us again. July 8th at 9.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tune in, and we'll get uh, we'll uh, ask you some tougher questions. 
Absolutely. You guys have a great night. You Thanks, as well. Buddy. Have a great day. Thanks Jesus. for being on. Anytime. Yeah. Bye, Grady. Awesome. All right, so our next guest should be calling in soon here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for this. Uh, she and I, uh, have, uh, we, we were talking to each other about being on the show, and uh, she's now one of my all-time best friends. Well, and I know good. that... Um, Icon, I just do, I, I did want to do this just so that we don't uh, we don't get in some heat here with the sponsors. I just I did just want to say, you know, brought to you by Heart Funding. Uh, check them out and uh, Sharpshooter Funding, rather the Heart Pump Heart Family, uh, SharpshooterFunding.com. Check them out for all of your funding needs. Uh, I got to do it because we promised them twice. <laughs> family uh who is sponsoring is one of the sponsors of the show uh, i gotta thank them so much we've had several members of the heart family on with us uh always a great interview uh always a a, a go get them type of family as well now they're in the funding business so again check them out all your funding needs sharpshooterfunding.com uh, icon the uh, guest is on with us uh i'm going to Patch her through, and you can do your thing in three, two, and one. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is our third combatant of the night, and she is a great friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the stellar, the star, the... One of the top four seasons I give you will put it in the seat, Autumn Seaton. Hey, Autumn, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, tell me, was that not the best in-ring introduction you've ever had? It was pretty great. It was pretty great. Awesome. So what we like to do here is uh, once we uh, give the uh, guests uh, the best introduction they've ever had, because uh, I do it, uh, give them a little background about themselves, and then uh, we ask them the questions. So tell, give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll talk to you. Um, okay, so I have been wrestling for five, almost six years. It'll be six years on my 20th birthday, which is April the 26th. Um, it's been like a super hard road to go down, but it has been absolutely fantastic at the same time um so i started working with chris rocker when i first started training um he is a great guy like absolutely great one of the one of the best mentors that i've ever had and then sarge o'reilly which he is based out of union city tennessee um he helped through the last bit with a lot of my fundamentals and whatnot and a great person all around, um, another great mentor. Um, let's see. I work, I've worked so much, um, 
in Tennessee, Mississippi. And really those are the only two I've been um, based out of for a while. But then I went to Texas and worked in Ohio as well. I'm just now starting to travel a lot more, but it's been great. Now, uh, we have uh, we have uh, Autumn Putin as our guest. Uh, she's going to take us out to the end of the show. So we have uh, – that means we will see if she'll uh, stay with us for uh, 40 minutes. Uh, she's the only female wrestling guest uh, – well, actually, this is the second one tonight that doesn't have a restraining order on me yet. You decided to drop that, right? Um. I'm still thinking on it, but you got 75%, a good chance that I will drop it. Awesome. So in your, uh, in your short tenure in the business, you know, was it, uh, was it your decision to go in and, uh, or were you, uh, were you wanting to uh, try a new outlook or is wrestling something that you always wanted to do? Okay. So, My father, he has been wrestling for 19 years. Um, My mom, she had wrestled for 12 before, you know. She decided that, you know, she just didn't want to just continue. But, um, yeah, my brother also started wrestling, and it was a family thing, which when I was younger, I did not want to, like, step foot in a ring because I was like, no, um, that's going to hurt me type deal. I was a little sissy. Um, And then one day it was like my brother just kept picking on me and he um, just really kind of pushed me to get in there and finally try. And which when I got in the ring, I made a fool of myself. But um, then I like I decided that I was going to try again, you know, like two times just to see. And I actually done what I was supposed to do right and didn't hurt myself or make a fool of myself so after that I just was super driven to just continue to push myself and better myself so I guess I'm a second I'm a second generation wrestler so what you know you mentioned that uh you you know you mentioned that uh you know you you know you had issues with your brothers and all this uh you you definitely could uh, the holy heck out of them now, could you not? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I definitely feel confident in it, too. Now, when you wrestle, would you consider yourself a uh, baby face, a heel, an in betweeny, or are you a let the crowd decide what you're going to be as you go out that night? Ultimately, like, I try to let the crowd pick because it's really their decision, in my opinion. Um, But, like, on, like, my working side, like, I would feel like I'm more of a heel, in my opinion. But a lot of people tell me that they like me as a baby face and whatnot. But to me, I guess you would say I would just let the crowd pick. Well, that leads me to my next point. Uh, you know, Granny has, uh, she likes to give the heels a lot of grief. So, uh, Granny, what do you got? <laughs> well, uh, hello there. Yeah, and just just so you know, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan of the sport. I, I've had this wonderful gimmick name for about 17 years because I love wrestling so much. But 
and I can talk some pretty good smack to to the heels, whether it be man or woman. I, I, I do I've been told I do a pretty good job of what I do. So that being said, what has been your most um or who has been your most challenging opponent you've ever faced in the business? Mm. Oh, I don't think I could honestly pick one. I've had a few tough competitors. Um there is I'm gonna start with Jade Haven, which I had just this last Saturday at Pro Wrestling Association in Marks, Mississippi. Um, you know, she gave me a good little beating. Um Angelina Love was a very, very hard competitor. Cassandra Golden, um, million dollar baby. So there's a few that I could just say that have really gave me a beating. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that, that's amazing. Yeah, I I can't imagine, I mean, doing what you all do. I mean, I love to watch the women wrestle. I mean, it's it's so much fun. I mean, I have a friend over in Oklahoma that does um, independent shows for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause, and we have a few uh women wrestlers that come and wrestle at WFC uh, quite often that do a, an awesome job, amazing job too. So that's absolutely amazing. And uh, we have, uh, we have uh, Autumn, yeah, we have uh, Autumn Seaton here with us. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick time out here. Uh, I sent you a script for a liner, we're going to go ahead and take care of that now. We'll ask you the difficult question. So what I'll do is I'll count you down from five, and then we'll go ahead and take care of that. Okay. Get ready. Five. Yep. Four. Three. Two. One. Hey, this is Autumn Seaton. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Holster. That's awesome. Awesome. So with your with the different companies that you you've been with, you mentioned you you know you've been with a, cu- a couple since you started out. Have you uh, been in, in any uh, title hunts? Have you went after any titles, or are you going to be going after any titles that you know of? Um. Okay. So back in I want to say it was two thousand. It was either the two thousand uh, the <laughs> the end of two thousand sixteen, beginning of two thousand seventeen. Um. It was actually. At, in, at UCW in Union City. Um, it was for the UCW women's title. I actually won and held that title for seven months. And, um, well, no one could beat me. No one, you know, like, it didn't matter what anyone done. Somehow, some way, that belt went home with me every time I defended it. So, um do I, I don't think I have any title matches coming up, but I do have, um, so let's see, February the 9th, it, it's at, um, it's Outlaw Syndicate Wrestling, and I'm having a first draws match with uh, Crystal Domino, and then February the 16th, RSWF in Memphis, Tennessee, I have a cage show against Lulu, so those are my big biggest two that are coming up right now. Now, uh, now these, Lupu, and uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? Crystal Domino. Okay, now, the, these are 
gals, I'm assuming, right? You don't wrestle men, correct? Actually, I have wrestled men. I do do intergender. Okay, and the the reason why men don't want to wrestle you now is because you keep beating them, correct? Correct, or I'm just too fast for them to get their hands on. See there, see there you go, guys. Uh, did, didn't I tell you she was awesome? You know. <laughs> so, one question, uh, actually two questions, I'd like to ask uh, all our guests in the independent wrestling scene. I'll ask you the easy one, then we'll ask you the the tougher one. Okay. As a independent wrestler, you know everybody's big goal generally is to get to you know the WWE. Because that's where the big dance is. But when you get there, you know, they tell you what you can do, what you can't do. You have to do this. You can't do this. They basically control all aspects of your life. Unlike as an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny. If you were to get to the WWE and they assigned you that to that multi-million dollar deal, two-part question. Is that something you want to do or would you rather stay independent? And if you do get to that big contract, and we know that you have the drive to do so, are you still going to consider us your friend, and are you still going to talk to us, not big time us? Okay. Well, first, um, if I do, I know that's make it, question. Yeah, if I do make it to the big stage and walk out the big curtains, I will never forget anyone that any anyone who has like stood beside me um, when I've been going down this road through the like bumps and. You know, it's taking the wrong road or whatever and having to straighten ourselves up and get back. Like, I will never forget anyone who has helped me pave my way. Um, so, of course, y'all would still be my friends and always be my friends. Um, and, yes, that is a goal of mine. But, of course, if I don't get that chance, um, being an independent wrestler is still one of my dreams, and I will always continue to do what I do and grind as hard as I can and make it to the top as me. And the other question that we, that I always ask, and then I'm going to let big swing ask you a few, every wrestler has a great finisher. We want to know what yours is called, what goes into it. And then we'll uh, decide if uh, we'll let you practice on one of us. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've actually had a few different finishers over the year, the years because, you know, I am smaller than most women, and I'm not saying all because there are a lot of small women, and a lot of my competitors have been bigger women or men. So um, I do, I've done a moonsault, um, frog splash, um, a roundhouse kick, and a pump kick. And do they have names? Um, those are the names. I haven't gave them anything special, <laughs> honestly. Because uh, you know everybody knows that my uh, my finish maneuver, as long as the referee's back this turn, is called the junk punch him in the man business. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's a low blow, but it it does work. I have won one match. Oh yeah. Who's and it was on the playground in fifth grade. Anyway, so tell us, uh, then we'll let Big Swing jump in here. When is uh, your next event, or do you not know when it is? And if you do, uh, do you know who you're going to be wrestling and where it is? And 
how can our fans check that out? Okay, well, I do know where I'm wrestling this weekend, February the 2nd. Um, um, SWF wrestling in total home in Tennessee. Um, I do not know who I'm wrestling, honestly. Um, and then February the 3rd, USA wrestling in Dixon, Tennessee at the fairground. Um, I'm wrestling Rebecca Reese. And that is what I have for this weekend. Hey, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? And we have uh, Autumn Seaton is our guest, and uh, she is just an inspiration to everybody. She is probably my – I mean, I'm not taking away from anybody, any other guests that we've had on the show, but and I'm not taking away from any of my friends, but when it comes to friends in the wrestling business, I'll have to say that Autumn is probably the closest friend in my heart. And uh, you know, we chatted last week, and uh, you are just awesome, and you're the best. And we seem to be going through the same stuff, and uh, we we seem to know what each other's thinking even before we think it. It's just uh, it's just the way it is. So, Big Swing, what do you got if he's there? Because he usually pulls double duty. Big Swing, you there? Oh, I think there. he must have stepped away from. The mic. <laughs> All right, Gary, what else you got? Well, let's see here. Um, I think you pretty much covered everything, Icon, that I could think of. And I can't really well, Autumn, think of anything uh, what, else. What, what, what else? Uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, we had uh, chatted about, you know, your your parents wrestling and whatnot. Was it? watching them wrestle that inspired you to get into it or did they kind of talk you into getting into it? Well, actually my mom had tried for the longest, like after I had ultimately decided that I was going to talk to her and tell her that, you know, maybe I did want to get in there and try, which was because my brother was picking on me so much, but I just, I guess I wanted to prove a point, and I went and talked to her about it, and she tried to actually talk me out of it because she would always say a locker room isn't for a little girl's eyes or ears. And, you know, I never understood exactly what she meant by that for the, a long time. And, I, you know, I would get upset and be like, you know, you wrestle, and um, I don't understand why, you know, like you would be upset that I want to do it. You know, and I never understood, but, you know, now since I've been in the wrestling business for so long, um, I understand what you meant by that. <laughs> well, you know, the the funny thing is in the wrestling business, like, you know, you mentioned locker room lingo, as we like to call it. Uh, I'm sure you've heard some interesting conversation uh, in, in, in the locker room area. But did you, uh, as a kid, ever get to uh, be in a, a, a wrestling locker room, or did your parents not let you do that? Well, actually, when we would go to shows with my parents, we would most of the time walk in from the back door and then go through the curtains or through the door, however, leading to where you would you know, be seated. So I was... Um, I guess you could say that I was in the locker room, but I never was just back there. I was never allowed to stay back there long periods of time. And what what was your <laughs> what was your first match 
that uh, you ever that you ever saw either your mom or dad in? And do you remember who was against and when? Oh, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's okay. You talk. Okay, maybe I can think of my dad's um, kilo. I want to say versus T Pain, which I could be so wrong, but I'm just gonna follow my gut and say that that's correct. <laughs> That's fine. That'll work. And uh, have you, uh, in your in your uh, time, either through your parents or through your training, uh, had a chance to uh, meet any wrestling legends that we might know of? Uh, with uh, my mother or father, their training. Um. Actually, I want to say that whenever my, we would always be, like, local, um, I'm trying to think of some – the Rock and Roll Express was one I had met, definitely. Um, but besides that, I just can't think of any other just legend. Rock and Roll Express are awesome guys. I have met them on – several different occasions and uh i really loved they they were one oh. of my favorite tag teams to watch wrestle back in the day and they still are even today oh absolutely i agree 100 percent um there's also um sir mo um i actually met him through my mom they were actually really good friends uh autumn seaton is our guest we have about 23 minutes here left with you uh who would you say is your biggest wrestling hero? Oh, definitely Molly Holly. And I, now, I got to say Lita. Lita, too. I can't really just say one. Those are my two favorites. Well, awesome. you know, Molly Molly Holly had a couple, you know, different gimmicks. You know, she had the uh, – with um, – uh, Crash and Bob Holly, that Molly Holly, or mm-hmm. the uh, other yes. version of Molly Holly? That one. Well, just in general, Molly Holly, you know, just her, me being able to watch her, you know, like wrestle, that was, it didn't matter which um, gimmick she had or was doing. I was always a big Molly Holly fan. The other question that we have for you is uh, your wrestling name. Tell us how you came up with Autumn Seaton, because I do love the name. Okay, see, I had thought for the longest that I had told you that, you know, that was my shoot name. That that's isn't my wrestling name, <laughs> but I didn't want to. Um, my actual wrestling name is Marie Storm. I thought I had told right. you this on the phone the other night, but I, I don't well, no, so. no, well, you did, but our fans don't know this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I'm a little dizzy sometimes. I, I, I know, I know it, but I've been trying to have you explain it to our fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, my wrestling name is Marie Storm, and um, that originated from my mother's wrestling name. She um, she is known as Auburn Thunder. And, you know, once I started training or whatever, I had told her that I wanted to be her tag team partner. And she was, like, down for it as well. 
so, you know, I was thinking of something, you know, like that just clicked them that went with her name. So I thought about it and, you know, the thunderstorm just came into mind and it like clicked. Um, my little sister's name, her name is Lena Marie Seaton. And, um, I love the middle name Marie. Like I just love that name so much. So I just threw that in front of Marie Storm and it ever since ever since I got it it's just stuck and that's something that that'll always be stuck with me. Now we actually have a, a question coming in uh from one of our fans that uh you know, I guess they were kind of looking uh at some of the pictures on your uh profile and we'll have you tell us about that in a second, but uh, there, I guess he was asking about uh, this picture. You're wearing a like camouflage pants and a gray top, and it looks like uh, you you have uh, uh, a bloody forehead. Could you tell us about? Ah, uh, yes. Um, that was at TIWF in Trenton, Tennessee. It was one of their big cage shows, actually, <laughs> and it was me and Jade Haven. Um. She busted me open, like uh, threw me into the cage, and I busted open. And so that's that explains that picture. I actually fought a really hard fight in the cage, and I definitely had you know like a good little bit of aftermath. And another fan also asked, uh, "It looks like uh, you had uh, got to meet Jeff Jarrett. Is that correct?" I actually did. Um, I'm trying to but at a show in Memphis. I can't remember. Oh, I'm trying to remember, but I can't. Um, I actually did meet him, and I actually got to have a really good conversation with him. He is an, an amazing guy. Like he's very, very good to talk to, and very like he gave me some really, really good advice. Just told me to keep my head up and to you know stay driven and never give up and coming from Jeff Jeff Jarrett, you know, that's a lot. So just holding on to that as well. You know, the cool, you know, the cool thing is being uh, in the independence like you are, you really get to travel more so as, as an independent than when, you know, you start out like with the WWE, like we talked to now in your, in your wrestling tenure now, are you trying to branch out and go out to like, like go to like more places or do you want to, you just want to be like a homebody and stay in a certain area? No, I I want to go as far as I can go. You know, the sky's the limit. And in my opinion, you know, like we have more than that. So I'm going to keep pushing. That's amazing. So that that is that is awesome. Now, mm-hmm. since you've been wrestling, and you know, you mentioned that you've had, um, you know, you had a, a cage match where you, uh, you know, you obviously got busted open, which is, you know, uh, which is really interesting. And and it, for those that think it's fake, it's obviously not because bad stuff does does Definitely happen. Definitely not fake. If someone if someone tells you that what you're doing is fake or wrestling is fake, what what do you tell them? What is your saying to them? Okay. Some, you know, like, I, I don't exactly get offended, which at the same time I do, um, but I'm very humble about it. <laughs> you know, I don't, 
you know, you got to be professional a lot, regardless of, you know, like, even if it's a fan, you know, I'm always like, you want to get in there with me? And we'll, we'll see if it's fake or, and they'll be like, oh, no, no, no. Or, you know, like, I'll show them, like, some bruises or some scars that I have, and then they start to believe me more and more. Um, I don't believe the craft we do is fake. It's choreographed. We may know how to do moves and do them safely and correctly, but it is not fake. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a real, a real interesting question that might even. I don't know, send this interview over the top because it's already there. But your first match, when you got to the arena, and I've never asked any wrestler this before, on your first match ever, what were what was your nerves like before you went out there? Were, were oh, you like wow. a bundle of nerves? Or when you got out there, you're like, okay, I can do this. What was your first match like getting to the building the day before, the night before? What went into your preparation? Oh, actually, I was at the show before I got told that I had a match that night, and I had just got done working out. And after we had gotten done working out, we were cleaning up the building and um, after we got them cleaning up the building, you know, I went back to the back. I got redressed, you know, kind of, you know, fixed myself up. And uh, the booker came up to me, and he was like, um, you're in a match tonight. It's only six minutes, so get ready. And he walks away, and I didn't even know, like, what to do. I didn't know if I wanted to jump up and down, if I wanted to cry, if I wanted to scream, if I just wanted to, like, take off running. It was like I was so, so, so excited, but then again at the same time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, you know, like this is not going to be good. Um, so once I had talked to my opponent, which was Candy Jewel, um, we had, you know, talked about the match. I got a little more comfortable. I mean, like my nerves were still, like, shooting as far as they could go, but I was able to maintain a good like <laughs> cover up as I was okay and then you know like she went out to the ring and then it was like my turn and my music hit and I was like oh my gosh this is real like I'm about to do this for the first time like you know like um, I was tear- tearing up I almost cried then I go out and like everybody's cheering for me and then I really start to cry like in front of <laughs> everyone and then I get in the ring and once I'm in there and the bell rings and we walk up it's like I was nervous but I was okay. Like, I was definitely okay. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that he said that, you know, you're going to be in a match and it's going to be six minutes. Are are you thinking, like, how am I going to know when six minutes is up? Is she just going to knock me out or what am I going to do? Well, you know, at that time, I was just so nervous. And I guess I didn't think. But we, like, you know, of course, we had the, the – um, the finish um, already, you know, like we knew what the finish was. So, um, but once he told me six minutes, you know, I kind of looked at her kind of like, okay, we got six minutes. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, we got six minutes, but yeah. Um, I guess that was something that I was really, 
you know, worried about when I had my first few matches was how am I going to know when the time's up and I don't go over my time, you know. And after your after your first match, after those first six minutes, and you went back behind the curtain, what was the what was your you know your uh, other wrestlers were they did they come up and give you advice? Did they say, "Oh, that was great," or "You missed this," oh, yes. or "You should have this," or the the promoter came up and said, "Hey, we should have had this on for ten minutes." What what was the backstage area like after your first match? Um. I definitely got some um, very, very good criticism and people, you know, like very good um, um, just advice. <laughs> um, they're very proud of me, though, um, just because of how worked up I was before the match. I mean, if you would have seen me, you would have been able to tell, like, okay, this girl is nervous. But, you know, like I, some people have fobbed me and told me, you know, like, it's a, it's a start, you know, like now you're not going to stop. And, you know, like, I felt that when they said you're not going to stop because I know that I will never stop. Like, I will never stop pushing. I will never start, stop training, you know, like, stop doing anything to push myself because, you know, this is something I love and this is a passion of mine. You know, and the thing is, for those that are, are listening to this this interview and – if they're out there right now listening to this, you're you're obviously an inspiration because you are. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, you're on the show and I'm not just trying to blow smoke here. But if there's someone listening to this podcast and listening to your interview and you're inspiring them, what advice would you give them starting out? First off, um, never let what someone else um thinks or or what they say define who you are or what decision you make about your own life stop you know like stop and this might sound bad but stop making other people happy and make yourself happy wow that's that's really good advice i i mean i, I mean granny that's amazing just, isn't she just the most inspirational guest that we've ever had? She is. So. She is. She is. And, you know, it's yeah. kind of funny, you know, I was sitting here listening to her talk and, you know, talking about, um, you know, different things and, you know, wrestlers and, and things like that. I mean, and I love being able – that's what I love about the independent shows. I love being able to interact with the wrestlers. And I have had so many funny times, funny stories that I've had throughout my years of different shows that I've been at. I mean, I had one wrestler tell me one time, they, they're always telling me, sit down, shut up before I break a hip, you know, kind of thing. But because I'm 56 years, I'm 56 years old, you know, but I've had two, I've had two knee replacements, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I'll be 57 in August. But I had one tell me one time, they said, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? And I grabbed my keys out of my purse. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I totally oh, blew that wrestler away. All he, he just looked, and he just kind of went, and he just kind of screamed and went running <laughs> off, you know. <laughs> you know and, yeah, that's and great. There was, 
and there was one time um it was angel medina um you know he was he's known as the kingpin you know he and big black wrestler you know i don't know if you've heard the name or not but i mean he was at a independent show here in arkansas and he was picking on this sweet little old lady and and at the time i was walking with my cane because i hadn't had my knee replacement yet you know and all of a sudden he started picking on that little lady and i said angel I said, why don't you leave that sweet little old lady alone, and why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And he turned around, looked at me, and he grabbed my cane, and we had a little tug of war <laughs> with my cane. And um, and when you were talking, and when you were talking about, you know, people talking about it's fake, you know, and everything, say, hey, you know, you want to get in the ring with me? We'll show you how fake we're talking about here. It made me think of a story. Um, the the guy that. Um, Rolling Thunder was his name, and of course he was a heel, you know. And I, and he's one, of, and to this day he's one of my very best friends. He doesn't wrestle anymore, but he's one of my very best friends. His family, I mean, and he was wrestling against a guy named Adrian Steele, the real deal, Adrian Steele. And and he's been gone about eight years now. He actually in the ring in in one of his matches about eight years ago, and I just I miss him. I miss him dearly, but. You know, and I was always giving Thunder grief, and he says, "Lady, why don't you sit down and shut up?" And I stood up, and I <laughs> and I was standing up. I said, "Why don't you get down here and make me? That is, if you think you're man enough, Thunder, why don't you come down here to me and make me sit down and shut up?" And he says, "Well, <laughs> why true. don't you get in here and show me what you got?" And boy, Adrian looked at that ring rope. He says, "Come on, come on, Granny, come on." I said, "Can I? Will you let me?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've had some funny stories over the years. I mean, I've been handcuffed to a manager at Wrestling for a Cause over in Oklahoma last January. They they handcuffed me to this manager. His name was Richard Pierce. I mean, during the while the match was going on, they literally handcuffed me to this manager. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my god, great. you know. But I, but I do. But I, I have been told by several of my wrestling, and I'm not related to any of them, but they're, I would consider them my family. And that's what I love about this business is you don't have to be oh, yes. blood-related. I mean, they're your family, you know? Yes. And that is they the have truth, told me know? they have told me on more than one occasion, like, Granny, we don't know what we would do without you if you weren't here. Because I try to make it fun for for everybody, you know, especially somebody that has never been there before, and I'll say, well, just watch me, I'll, I'll, you know, and sometimes people are just so, the fans, they're so, I think they're embarrassed, they're scared to just holler and boo and cheer, you know, and, and have fun, and I said, just watch me, I mean, and we had a, a at Wrestling for a Cause, um, in June of last year, it was the Ryder Cup Memorial, we had a two-day event. And one of the little girls that comes with her dad and her grandpa, she says, Granny, Granny, emergency, emergency. Somebody put this sign on your chair that's a reserve for Granny Villain. <laughs> like, and and they got a picture of me ripping up the sign, and I've got this, like, really evil look on my face when I'm ripping up that oh, sign, you know. <laughs> because we, we we have a we have a group of guys called the villains at at WFC, and my son was getting in his picture. My son will be 32 on Wednesday, and he was getting his picture taken with the ring. And the guy over the villains, the guy over WFC, he says, "Okay, everybody, 
one, two, three, hashtag granny villain, hashtag, you know, smile, <laughs> hashtag, you know, hashtag make it stick, you know, let's all say granny villain, you know, hashtag, and yeah. they, you know, that they think that, that it, they think that I need to be like, you know, the and my son calls me mama villain, I said, I'm not a villain to the mamas, and he's, well, you could be, he says, he says, I'm a fan of the villains, and you're my mama, so you're mama villain. And I'm like, no, I'm not mama villain, you know. But I, I I have a lot of fun when I go to these well, shows. Well, tell your son I said happy early birthday. I will, I will, I will. So he'll, yep, he'll be 32 on Wednesday on the 23rd, and I just wonder where the years have gone to. So. Oh, yes, I hear that. Uh, well, we got we got a we got a few minutes here left before we get the uh, the old heave hole for the week. But if our fans wanted to, uh, you know, check you out uh, and follow you, you have a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube. Where can they find Marie Storm? With two E's. Okay, so yes, with two E's because I am extra. Um, so my Instagram is at autumn.seaton.712 My Facebook is Autumn Seaton and my Snapchat is Marie Breeze. (laughs) I don't do Twitter. Um, It confuses the heck out of me. I've tried a few times and I just just can't. (laughs) And then uh, real quick here, a couple ego questions here for you. If I uh, if I send you an address, would you be able to send us some autographs for our uh, big uh, July Fourth giveaway show that we got coming up? Um, absolutely. And uh, also, the icon made you a, a, a cool collector's car. What was your thought on that? As long as he spelled it with the the right amount of e's. Oh, I loved it so much. Like even when you sent me the first one with you know minus one e, I loved it. But it was great. <laughs> and uh you know uh have you had a chance to uh talk to uh 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 who we talked about about uh, seeing if they'd be on the show? I actually am meeting up with that um person Friday and I will talk to him about that and I'm more than positive he will be stoked to be on the show. All right. Well, yeah, you can uh, either pass my number to him or have him uh, uh, check me out on Messenger, and uh, we uh, will set it up. I'll tell you what, uh, our time our time is running short. We do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, and uh, this is uh, we know this is your first uh, podcast, and you're yeah. now a uh, now we're, you're now a pro. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get you on others. I'll tell people, hey. She she's a sweetheart, but if you rub her the wrong way, she will definitely kick your ass. So oh yeah. yes, you were amazing. You did an absolutely amazing job for this being your first podcast. I'm really proud of you. You you, you did an awesome job. Oh, you know, in the wrestling business, that is probably one of the best phrases to hear to boost someone's confidence. Is that someone is proud of them? <laughs> in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just want to thank you guys for actually wanting me on the show. Well, we appreciate well, you know, it very, we, very much. We appreciate it. You're awesome, and 
the other cool thing is I made a friend for a life. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Me too. And uh, I'll, and I will be in contact this week, and we'll uh, we'll we'll chat more about it, and uh, I'll give you an update on what I'm going through, and we'll just talk about it. And uh, you've been awesome, and uh, we can't wait to have you on again. I can't wait either. I hope you both, or all three, even though I only heard two, have an amazing night. And to all my fan, all my fans, and all the people listening. You know, God bless you all. You can do whatever you put God your mind to. You. Always remember that. God bless Thank you. Thank you very too. much. You have, you, have a, you have a great night. We appreciate it. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was awesome. Marie Storm, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, my my uh, my friend for life. Uh, we met yes, last sir. And uh, it's great. We got a three guest show next week. Uh, so, uh, just to give a quick rundown for who we got, uh, we're going to have uh, Thomas Riff, the king of LPW wrestling. We're going to have Travis Cole, and he is rescheduled and he is coming back. Dusty Gold, the standard, will be on the show next week. Wow. Who in here? Oh, I, 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 I hit you too soon that time. My apologies. That's right. Tune in. This show is going. Sky's the limit. You can't stop us. Oh, yeah. Because this train ain't going anywhere but up. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it